I'm Austin Lugo. And I'm Andrew Hart. This is With Nothing to Say. Let's talk about His Girl Friday. Is this what uh, working in a newspaper is like? Yeah. Is it? No. <laughs> I will say the one thing that um, made the most sense was uh, all the talking on the phone that they do. Mm -hmm. It is a lot of like talking on the phone, but the one thing that they didn't really get right at all uh, was the um, emailing. They didn't get that right at all. There's no emails at all sent. <laughs> There's the entire movie. And every day I send maybe like 20 emails a day. So that was very inaccurate. <laughs> so His Girl Friday is a 1940 Howard Hawks film. It's actually based on a play called The Front Page. There is a 1928 film of the same name. It has a similar premise, although the uh, love story that is in this film actually isn't in the original play or in uh, the first version of the film. I believe there's also maybe a silent version of it, but I haven't seen that version if that even is the case, which I don't know how you would make this film silent because it is a very uh, talk heavy play. First Howard Hawks movie, um, pretty good. Uh, on first uh, introduction. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, kind of one of those movies that I think just has, you know, just a pretty solid story and that's pretty much it, you know, and that's, that's fine with me, you know, like it's just a nice, <laughs> uh, well oiled machine makes sense. Um, and of course it is a comedy it's pretty funny. And yeah, it's just kind of like a no holds barred film that uh, you know has a particular old movie 40s talking style thing. And you know that's not really my jam, but uh, yeah, I uh, I appreciate it in this film. I think it I think it's a pretty good combination of uh, you know performances and dialogue and story. I think it works well together to make a pretty uh, fun movie. So when we talked about what we were going to watch this week, of course, this was uh, my pick for the week. And one of the reasons I picked this film in particular over, say, maybe uh, George McCord's Women or um, maybe one of the other talkies from the 1940s is because I think there's something really special about the dialogue here that's um, just so well tuned that in a lot of the talkies isn't the case. You know, of course, this is uh, one of the earliest cases, but this is true of many of the films of the uh, late 30s and early 40s, where you would have a film that's maybe 90 minutes, but the scripts for this film and films like it were you know, well into the 150, 200 pages, because it's just so quick and it's just every single second, you know, just line after line after line. And I think part of that has to do with you know, the fact that it comes from a play and you're trying to scrunch all of this into a short amount of time. But I think the other part of it is a natural reaction from, uh, you know, the, the period of the teens and 20s where you couldn't really talk in films. And I think this was sort of a, an overcompensation of sorts, you know, instead of not being able to talk at all, we went to just every single second. Because this film, right, there's like no silence in this film. It is just constantly just on again and again and again. And I, I get why that um, 
doesn't necessarily appeal to everyone. It can, I suppose, get old after a while. But to me, I, I have a lot of admiration, especially for this film, because I, I, I think there's just a lot in this film going into second viewing that I didn't see the first time. You know, just a lot of the smaller jokes that just are just really clever. Yeah, I would agree. It's clever. There's a lot to admire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just like I said, it's well-oiled. And yeah, it's 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 uh, very solid. There's you know, it's it's just yeah, it's a machine that just you know, it starts off really fast and very you know, you know, uh, very uh, yeah, it just starts out very fast and then it ends at a very it pretty much except maybe closer to the end it doesn't yeah like you said really slow down now that i think about it there's like really no breathing room at all yeah um but you know that's that's you know like you said it, it, they uh it's uh, almost like an experiment at that point mm-hmm. so the film opens up with uh our we're, we're in this uh big newsroom which one interesting another interesting thing about this film and this is true for a lot of the films during the studio era is probably all of this film was shot on a set in a studio. So there's not a whole lot of locations, but our first location that we're introduced to is this uh, sort of newsroom, super busy, you know, ton of people running around, uh, just like all kinds of people talking at once. And our, our female protagonist comes in, whose, of course, name I don't remember because I never remember anybody's name. Do you uh, Hild- name? Hildy? Hildy, that's right, Hildy. It's yes. Walter Burns and Hildy. Walter and Hildy, that's right. Okay, so uh, Hildy comes in with what seems to be uh, this just like a lovable, dopey man who um, is just like falling her down with like these big puppy dog eyes. And she's like, you know, you wait here. I got to go. You know, I got to go get some stuff done. And she's walking through the newsroom. And of course, everyone at the news room adores this woman it's clear that she's you know this incredible reporter just uh you know above and beyond very friendly everyone loves her and there's just all these like little jokes going on uh she'll have these like little conversations there's like uh there's this great joke where this woman walks up to her and said and uh Hildy asks you know how are your cats and she goes oh they had kittens again and uh <laughs> and, and Hildy replies with uh I don't even know what a reply is, but I, I know at the time that it was clever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she walks into Walter's office and basically the first thing she says to him is, I would like to speak to my ex-husband, kind of laying the groundwork of uh, the comedic aspect of the film and the, uh, the physical and sexual tension between these two characters. Yeah, like you said, there's very few locations and they're at each location for a while. So they have a conversation between the two of them for like several minutes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she basically established it. We established the fact that they used to be married. They're no longer married. And they also had a working relationship and she's good at her job. And she is going to get married to this insurance guy named Bruce. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's clear Walter doesn't like that. Um, and, you know, she wants she really, really wants, he really, really wants her to work on it, but she's like, no, I'm settling down. I'm like, I'm done working. I'm forget about it. 
Yeah, and that's pretty much the conversation that they have. And like you said, like it's a very, very, you know, uh, there's a lot of clever retorts. There's a lot of clever dialogue. You know, it's not just a conversation. You know, it's it's uh, little things here and there. Probably easily the funniest thing in the whole movie is Cary uh, uh, Grant when he uh, he. Uh, I'm not. I, I won't necessarily say that the acting in the movie is like the greatest thing ever. Stuff ever. Like it's fine. It's it's suitable. Yeah. Uh, Cary Grant. He uh, he his. Uh, his insults to other characters are really <laughs> good. They're like probably the best parts of the movie, in my mm-hmm. opinion, in terms of like the comedy aspects of it. I mean, there's really not a lot of like physical comedy. There's like some physical comedy, but yeah. what I remember is when um, they're having a conversation and that one uh, short little chubby guy, he walks in to the office while they're having a conversation. And right when he walks in, Carrie Grant is like, not right now. And he pushes it away and he leaves. <laughs> that was a good. Uh, <laughs> That's about as like, that's a, except for maybe some running around, that's basically as physical as the movie gets, you know what I mean? A little bit different than like a, like a, I guess like a chapel movie or something like that, where it's all physicality. Yeah. So that's kind of like the shit that they talk about. And, um, and then I think, yeah, like, look, this is my husband, Bruce. That another funny part too, when he's like, oh, this is my husband. It's like, hey, look. and he's like talking to like an old man. Uh, like, oh, and like he can't they can't like get him away from the old man and then he like insults the old man he's like keep keep your keep out of your business <laughs> you know so yeah that's pretty good and then they go to lunch with <laughs> walter goes to lunch with bruce and hildy yeah and then they have lunch um and yeah that that whole scene yeah the the lunch scene i i mean like all these scenes i i, I love the scene where they introduce Bruce and it, it shows the, the great power dynamic. And I think there's um, some great casting choices in uh, both characters of Bruce and Cary Grant. I think, you know, often when we think of Cary Grant, we think of sort of uh, something like some of the stuff he did with Hitchcock or some yeah. of his more stoic performances. But when I think of Cary Grant, I think of something like a Philadelphia story or something like this. I think his comedic range is often underlooked. And I think they're often his best performances and I think this is one of those performances that's just great and it also shows because uh, this is a studio film of the 1940s uh, like so many films at the time the filmmaker wasn't the director was not allowed in the editing room so Howard Hawks was not allowed into editing room which means that the way they actually made the films was quite different because when you're not allowed into the editing room you want as few different shots as possible because you don't want them just cut it to pieces and so, uh, you know, we, we talk about, about when uh, Cary Grant pushes that short guy out of the office. It's just an incredibly well-blocked scene. Like he's walking around the whole room. Everything is so well. And of course, part of that is the fact that it, it, it comes from a place. So you have certain aspects of blocking, but you can see in a lot of it just how well blocked everything is because it has to be because, you know, he really doesn't have the hold that, say, a, a director from the 60s may have when they do have control of the editing, have control of these things that Howard Hawks at the time just didn't have control of. But they go to lunch and Bruce is just the nicest guy in the world. He's just like this, you know, this puppy dog sweetheart. And yeah. and Cary Grant's just kind of like, uh, he, he's just walking all over him, right? He, he's he smoothing everyone. He's trying to convince uh, Hildy to come back to work at the newspaper because she says she's quitting she's leaving reporting forever you know she's gonna settle down he's like oh no you'll never do that you're never gonna settle down 
and he keeps pushing her and pushing her and he starts making up these fake stories to get her to come back and one of the fake stories is that uh one of the people he works with the only good writer apparently at the newspaper uh just yeah. had twins he can't write <laughs> don't you have like a team like don't you have like different kinds of people going on? <laughs> one guy just one guy and he had the audacity to have twins yeah but then like you said he made that up because then she's like then Hilti is like oh didn't he get married only like four months ago and he's like oh yeah <laughs> oh, okay well and I, I love how uh, Walter is, even though he's just like so quick on the lies, like the moment when he's caught in a lie, he just jumps to the next one. Like he's just not phased at all. He just goes from lie to lie to lie. And it's incredible. I, I love it. And, it, and you know, after a while, it's, it's clear that Bruce is sort of buying into these lies. And they're talking about what becomes the crux of the story is that uh, this man has been found guilty of shooting a police officer and he is to be hanged the next day yep. and basically what walter is more convincing bruce than he really is uh hildy is that if they don't write a newspaper article on him he will be hanged yeah because like it's, a, it's they're like they're talking about it and i guess like um the, like the mayor or the sheriff and or sheriff which we will know later is um he's uh they established that like um uh, they need the uh i'm not even gonna say it they need um a certain contingent of people being african americans in the city yeah. to vote for the mayor yeah. um, and because he shot a uh what i assume to be a black, black cop, officer yeah um they they can't they don't want to have him be ruled as insane um so they're they want to execute him to make it not seem um which is kind of funny to me <laughs> uh, there's, it, there's a certain irony in it <laughs> yeah it's like a weird kind of thing um yeah uh nothing much to say about that <laughs> yeah so but i think like i think what the, the what you know they're getting at is that like i think he from what they've seen is that he is insane like there's something kind of you know off about him you know he isn't necessarily like a killer he's just kind of um off because i think like you know we it's established that like he like lost his job after so many years and he's extremely upset about it yeah and he's like yeah you gotta write a story you only gotta write it da, da, da. and she's like no we're moving to albany new york <laughs> and he's like albany new york he's like yeah we're going on a train i think tomorrow or no, later tonight tonight yeah they're going on a train tonight to go to albany and live there forever mm -hmm. okay so he so he goes into walter goes into the phone booth and he's able to call the people and say like hey can we like <laughs> way, like come stop the train i don't know if they actually did or not um but no because they uh ended up being able to get her to stay so they didn't need to stop the train oh yeah you talk about that yeah so when he goes to the phone, the first thing he at, he calls like uh, basically his underling, who's just you know does whatever uh, Walter tells him to do, and he says you know can we dynamite the train tracks? <laughs> like that's his first question, and they're like well it'd be like a whole thing. They're like okay what are other options? I, I think one of the things they forgot, and perhaps this is just from like I haven't seen this film in maybe four or five years now, is I remember this being like a very fun lighthearted film, and it is. But there are some aspects of it that are 
it, it gets pretty dark and especially when you listen to the dialogue more that there's some pretty dark moments and as far as journalists go it's clear that none of them actually care for this man who is about to be hanged like Hildy doesn't really care uh Walter doesn't really care Bruce is oddly enough Bruce is perhaps only the only morally uh non not reprehensible yeah <laughs> character and yet like he's played as this sort of like silly fool which I think is a really interesting way to play a film and I, I think it's also important to point out again that because this film came out in 1940 world war was happening but at the time it was still called the european war america was not yet in the war we had no part of the war yet and so there are a lot of references to uh hitler and uh the world war just kind of like uh, uh communism and the yeah <laughs> that's just pretty funny too in retrospect and so he goes back to the table he ends up being able to convince not really Hildy, but Bruce to push back their, uh, you know, get a, grab a later train. And so then Hildy goes off to the reporter's room. And so at, at the reporter's room, which is one of my favorite rooms in the whole place, and this is actually where the film, the front page begins. There is right outside the door is what seems to be the jail. And also right outside the window is uh, the gallows. Yeah, it just seems like because the event is so crazy, they have like, well, maybe not. Maybe it's just like they have this room that's just set out for reporters to report on. So they mm -hmm. don't have to like drive all over the city or anything like that. Or like from around the offices, they just have like a beat and they're there and they have like phones on this table and desk and stuff like that. And yeah, they're reporters. They're basically <laughs> stenographers. I mean, yeah. they, there's like one, Hildy's like the only person who does any writing. <laughs> She's the, only, she's the only one in the room that does any kind of like, you know, typing, you know what I mean? Typing, and, yeah. But when something happens, all they do is like grab the phone. They're like, so, so, it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, this happened. Da, da. You know, they just like lose their, you know, they're just like calling people on the phone and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that's accurate or not, but it's funny. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's certainly enjoyable. And it's clear that they, um, none of them really take their job seriously. They're all, you know, they all have a, uh, they're all playing cards and they'll just like kind of hang up their phone or whatever. And, you know, Hildy's in there and they're all saying hello. And it's very clear that Hildy is by far the best reporter. She's just, you know, above and beyond all these other characters. And in walks another person's name I don't remember. The uh, love interest perhaps is not the right word. But the, uh, I guess we'll just use love interest for now of the uh, man currently in the uh the jail mm -hmm. and it, it's very clear that all of them have kind of written these very crass crude uh certainly you know of the yellow journalism like uh takes about her because she seems to be the, she's the only one who testified for him in courts and she had sent him flowers so you know it, it seems like she just you know is trying to be nice to this person again one of the few characters that isn't morally reprehensible and they're all just like poking fun at her and you can see that in this scenario which i think is interesting is they go a little too far like they push it a little too far and hildy actually goes out there you know the girl or young woman runs out of the room and hildy goes and you know kind of to comfort her and you can see that in the like reporter's room that there's like this moment of 
guilt. Yeah, they feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I, I think it's interesting because I don't even think they feel guilty because of her. I think they mostly feel guilty because they know that Hildy was there and they feel like ashamed, right? Because I think if Hildy wasn't there, they wouldn't care because you know you see later in the film, they're not morally great. Um, but they do feel guilty at this moment. And then Hildy, of course, comes back in and sort of shames them and is like, hey, maybe don't be like super mean to this person. Yeah, she's like freaking out. And mm -hmm. yeah, she's very upset, uh, rightfully, because you know, she's all over the newspapers. Yeah. So the next scene is Hildy goes to the actual jail cell where the man has been arrested. And this is the only, it's probably the only reporting that is done in the whole movie for a, a movie about the newspapers. Yeah, and it's not really any good either. <laughs> It was, it was kind of like weird she like goes in there and she bribes a cop yeah so she bribes somebody she goes in there and she talks to him and she's like kind of talking to him about like she basically kind of like uh leads him along into like being like oh yeah you didn't actually mean to shoot and kill a guy right it's because of uh of what you heard while you were listening to um uh, like a guy or something like at a park or something like that right and he's like yeah that's true i did yeah i mean and then she's like all right, let's go. Like, she doesn't talk to an expert or anything like that. She just kind of uses her, her own theory to like figure out like, oh, he's, see, I was right. He's uh, not, he's insane. He did not mean to kill that guy. He said right, he said right here. I don't know. It was, uh, it's kind of funny, but I guess whatever. It's just, it's just simple, you know, let's just say she's right. Whatever, I guess. I don't know. Who knows? But and, yeah, the guy, yeah, that guy is also really good. The guy who plays the, um, yeah. Yeah, he's good. I, I thought he was, um, his performance is very serious and I was very, uh, I was taken aback how serious it was. He was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, and then, yeah, she's like, uh, yeah, she's like, I got it. You know, I, I, I did it, I'm, I wrote the story. <laughs> and uh, I think from here, you kind of have this then kind of a thing that's almost separate from the um, story mm -hmm. that he is writing where Walter is doing all he can to try to keep Hildy in town, you know what I mean? Not to quit and not to leave with Bruce. So there's kind of like this weird little thing where several things happen where Bruce gets in trouble and, you know, throughout the movie, that's really funny because um, of situations, you know, it's just uh, funny situations and like uh, they accuse Bruce of like stealing a watch. Um, I think that's the first one. Yes. Um, and he has to like Hildy has to bail him out of jail mm -hmm. um, and I think like Hildy like gets like super mad about it she's just like oh my god like you know I'm yeah. done with this and um, for some reason Walter is like friends with like the biggest criminal in the city some sort of schmooze yeah yeah it's like okay <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was also kind of funny and he is like yeah like uh, you know like rough him up like try to steal it like he's like beats him up and like steals his wallet or whatever and uh I think another time too, maybe I think later on, I think he's like accused of like, uh, you know, trying to like pick up a girl or something like that. And yeah. those are pretty funny because like you said, Bruce is easily the most innocent man in the entire movie. He's completely <laughs> free of any kind of like, I guess he works in insurance. So maybe he's not, but you know, <laughs> definitely like uh, you know, completely innocent for the most part. And uh, yeah, he gets in these situations and uh, that actor's pretty good too. Um, yeah, just, you know, um, that's kind of going on while the story is going on the story criminal part yeah it, it's sort of this uh 
this B story at first, and I think it also shows the progression of Hildy as a character in a lot of ways, because the first time he's arrested, she's like immediately there within like, right, within like the moment she hears this, she's there. She's, uh, you know, uh, basically telling the cops that if you don't let him out, I'm going to write a, a bad story about you. And then the second, the second time she's, he's arrested, she's all, she's too concerned with other things going on. And um, as, as the film goes on, you know, it, it takes more and more for her to get him out of jail until eventually she doesn't even realize that he's in jail. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, the, the, the scoop is juicy, you know, and I guess like the next thing that happens is that, um, you know, the guy is alone with uh, the sheriff and like a psychologist or something like that. And they're basically just like, you know, we're almost done, you know, let's, let's go, you know. And uh, the next thing you know, um, he's escaped, you know, he took the sheriff's gun. Well, yeah, it's just happened <laughs> a minute. That, that part's pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, let's just uh, let's we can just talk about that that, that amazing moment, which is uh, later on in the film we realize because they're all talking about because we don't actually see the escape, we hear the escape from a distance. You hear a gunshot, and then you hear the sirens because of course they're right outside the uh, the prison. Which, by the way, why did the cops like they unload like their machine guns into the, <laughs> side of the building? Why it's very they- aggressive. I guess it's just kind of funny because yeah, it's like, oh, watch out, you know what I mean? But like, why would they, they're just like, all right, boys, just shoot into the windows, of every, <laughs> shoot in every window in the building, let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, that was kind of weird. <laughs> and the journalists go and, and they ask like, hey, what's going on? They're like, oh, there's been escape. You know, the, the big guy, the person escaped. And of course, every reporter immediately jumps on their uh, little telephone thing. And they're all just making these absurd stories about like how he escaped and just like just these absolutely absurd things and Hildy learns because of the sheriff sheriff I think yeah yeah the sheriff later on that the reason he escaped is because they wanted to reenact the original scene for some reason to see that he's not insane and they're like well he needs a gun so the sheriff hands the man who was murdered someone a loaded weapon yeah a bumbling fool obviously <laughs> and that's how he escaped pretty cool <laughs> yeah they did it and uh yeah he's he's loose he's loose in the in the city you gotta get him and so um after we learn all of this or while this is all going on we cut to the mayor and the sheriff and although we, i think we might have seen one or two things with the mayor before this is sort that's of cool. our, our, our like big introduction to him and he He's like, you know, talking to the sheriff. There are these two very sleazy people in just all of the ways. Um, they make the reporters look like good guys. Like that's how sleazy they are. And this, uh, another uh, amazing little side character is just like this uh, big, happy, penguin-esque man waddles his way in. And that's like the best character in the movie. Really is. <laughs> I don't know what actor that is. I'm guessing he's like a famous comedic actor. Yeah. He has to be, because um, he was very good, very funny. Incredible. And, and he walks in and he's like, oh, I have a reprieve from the governor. Yeah. <laughs> About, which means that they've decided that uh, this man that was in jail is uh, should be released. He should no longer be, right? He shouldn't be in prison. Yeah, and, yeah. And of course, the mayor, if, because he's so terrified of losing the election, which is two days from now, he uh, tells he tells this man no no no, we we never got this and the guy's just like baffled he's like no it's right here 
And he's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, they keep trying to bribe him. Yeah, and he's just, it just keeps going over his head. That seems funny. That's like something out of like a Zucker Brothers movie or something. Yeah. Like, like yeah, just good. So they end up sort of bribing him. The guy's still a little confused when he leaves, but he still has to reprieve. And so they're like, hey, we're going to shoot to kill. Like, you know, if we just kill him, we'll say we never got the reprieve. Yeah. Our problem, we'll win the election on Tuesday everything will go back to the way it's always been. And uh, while this is going on, Hildy is in the reporter's room uh, writing writing up her uh, piece and in comes in the escaped prisoner. He's like, oh, he has a gun. I was like, oh, I'm gonna shoot you, da, 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 da. And Hildy just tries to calm him down and stuff. And, um, and you know, he just, uh, you know, and he's, she's like, I know you're innocent, don't worry about it. And he basically just like shoots at the window and then he kind of breaks down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at this point, Hildy's like kind of thinking, you know, uh, <laughs> story, uh, she's thinking, uh, you know, uh, story-wise, like, okay, I'm gonna hide him and like, <laughs> or, you know, whatever. Basically just, I think the reason why she hides him right is like, she's basically just trying to delay him getting captured, right? More she- or less. She wants to delay the capture so that uh, her newspaper can be the one to um, break the story. So now, so it, it's it's less to. I mean, I guess it's a little to do with you know him not dying, but it's mostly to do with the fact that the uh, so their newspaper can be the one to break the story. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. People are like, um, it's funny too. Uh, reporters then start coming to the reporting room because that's where they work. And yeah, like right away, they're just like, something's up. <laughs> it's funny. Like right away, they're like, oh, what are you hiding? <laughs> that was also, that was also funny because it's just like, whoa, they already like, were like suspicious. And uh, Hildy ends up convincing them that, uh, well, she tries to convince them that he's somewhere in the like actual like building and none of them want to leave. They're like, because ah. at this point she has hidden him in like a, um, like a, an old school like desk where it has like a pull down it's like a roll top yeah like a roll top desk and she's like trying to convince him to like hey he might be in this building we should go find him and they're like eh, we already looked we did our best <laughs> yeah nothing is making them leave the room it's funny <laughs> but uh eventually the is this also when Bruce's mom comes by? I think, yeah, I think that's what happens next. I think Bruce's mom is- that's Just another crazy, mess. weird scene. Like, <laughs> it's just like, wait, why, why is Bruce's mom here? Mm-hmm. Like, she's just like there. So part of this uh, plot that we didn't talk about earlier is that Bruce lives with his mother. Mm-hmm. Of course he does. She's like and, yeah, she's like an old woman. And they are traveling with her to Albany. Why she's in whatever city they're in is never really i think they're just in new york city are they in new york city okay i think so yeah okay so why they're in new york or why the mother's in new york isn't entirely clear but she's there and she barges into the room and she's like hey my son keeps getting in jail (laughs) what's going on like i'm not cool with it and um (laughs) and as after she walks in she's like arguing with ld and walks in walter with his you know schmoozy criminal mastermind and the criminal mastermind basically just picks this woman up and just drags her out of the room yeah that was a weird scene i don't know why she's there isn't she supposed to be in albany she's like upset because like maybe they were all visiting together you know what i mean like they were all visiting yeah. this 
city together and they're like, okay, we'll go pick my, my mom and we'll go to the train and go back home to Albany. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't, I don't know if there's any dialogue that establishes that or maybe I missed it, but yeah. There's, there's something early on that says, because when they're in the, uh, when they're all having dinner, it's three, they say three tickets because they're taking their mom with them. But yeah, there's not like a whole lot. And so of, of course, by this time, Walter has figured out that in the cabinet is the criminal. And much like Hildy, he wants to uh, hold on to this story for as long as possible. He, he wants to you know, have his newspaper be the one that releases the story. And he basically gives uh, the criminal this signal. He says he's gonna knock on the wood three times. And when he does, uh, you can come out. And, um, or before he gives them the signal, um, like this whole time, the guy's like complaining. He's like, hey, I really wanna come out. It's getting really hot in here. And there's this moment where he says, hey, can I have some more air? And Cary Grant like opens it up just a little bit and just like, does this. <laughs> I think in that scene too, doesn't he, call, doesn't he say Hildy has like, um, uh, like, um, the brain of a pancake yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know where that comes from no that was good that, that was good yeah it's just like okay I, I, he's like nasty <laughs> he's good and so he, he closes back up the cabinet uh the reporters all barge back in they're all convinced that this guy is about to be caught at a house like it is wherever his home is like yeah. the police have surrounded it and they're all convinced like that's the place obviously it's not and when the reporters realize this they're like wait a minute why is walter here like what's going on they're very confused but they're like this seems a little fishy and they start pushing and pushing and you know walter keeps trying to schmooze and schmooze and schmooze and of course uh the sheriff and the mayor come in at this point too right are the sheriff and mayor in there too i think i think we're missing some parts but that's okay I think that um, I think only the sheriff and the mayor come in when they're like at the very end when it's okay. in the desk. Um, I think we're also forgetting about um, uh, Molly jumping out the window. That's right. I don't know why I I forgot about I forgot about that scene originally too. So it's just you know just it's kind of around that time. Like a lot of things yeah. happen and it's kind of hard to pinpoint where things happen because everything is in the same spaces mm -hmm. so it's it so i remember almost everything you know what i mean it's just like the yeah. order is just kind of all over the place right. you know molly shows up she is she knows that um he's in the desk yeah and she's like and everybody is like the reporters show up and they're like molly where is he da, 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 da. and she like freaks out she jumps out the window there's like two or three stores up in the air uh, but she survives. But yeah, she jumps out the window and it's like, oh my God, it's dark. <laughs> Super yeah, dark. It's like, whoa, okay. It's like probably the darkest thing that happens in the movie. Uh, yeah, she's just like, I'm jumping out the window. Bye. I'm out of here. <laughs> and, and the reactions like, are pretty dark. Yeah, they're like, so it's our jumped out the window. <laughs> and they're getting on their phones. <laughs> it's like, you, you're the one that did it. You're the one that made her jump out the window, dude. <laughs> yeah but it doesn't matter it's just like you know but uh <clears throat> yeah that's uh that's just kind of like one part of it that we didn't realize but yeah i think like uh, next is that um yeah i think like um she is kind of doing her thing you know so and so is the death she's writing her story and i think at one point bruce calls i think yeah like bruce calls and is like hey i'm at the like we said early on i'm at 
please, I need bail to get in. You know, where's my mother? And, uh, you know, Hildy's like, I don't really care. Um, (laughs) Where like, she is like talking on the phone and like Bruce is talking at the phone at the same time. And it's like a crazy scene because Mm -hmm. they're just like yelling in phones and stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff. Um, That scene is pretty good. And uh, yeah, and I think Bruce like, um, I think, yeah, Bruce is like, well, I'm leaving goodbye <laughs> you know like you're yeah. uh you're uh you're crazy <laughs> you know you're crazy like I'm, I've been arrested like tons of times now <laughs> um and then Louie you know the criminal guy he shows up too and that scene's funny where he's like messed up <laughs> yeah he's just saying that um he had to hit a police car while driving away with Bruce's yeah. mom <laughs> and yeah she's like I don't know if she died or not <laughs> and Hilly's just like well she's dead she's dead oh no <laughs> She is a little worried. She's like, oh no. But Walter's she, kind of for it, right? <laughs> my fault. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, that um yeah, no, that's uh that 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 part's like very funny. <laughs> Cause it's just like like I guess, yeah, I guess she died. Um yeah, but I'm trying to think what happens after that. I think they call and the writing in the story, and I think we are getting kind of to the last part of the movie where the sheriff and the mayor and everyone kind of shows up at the end of the room um, to discuss uh, the person in the desk, I think. I don't think we're missing any other major points. I'm trying to think, if, sorry, it's so hard to figure out what happens when uh, Bruce comes back while she's writing the story. Yeah, no, he's been there like this whole time, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, and we already talked about how he like has this like last conversation with her and she doesn't care, and so he leaves. Yeah, and so then we get to the last scene. The reporters again come back once again. Uh, they're even more suspicious than ever. And Walter's trying to schmooze. And now the sheriff is here, who they, uh, the sheriff, of course, as we said earlier, <laughs> reveals that it's his gun. Um, and the mayor's immediately just like, oh, you're not the sheriff anymore. We're just going to have some, we're going to run with someone else. <laughs> just showing just like how easily he's just willing to let go of anybody to win yep. the election. Really good. And, and um, and they keep pestering, they're all pestering Walter because they're like, well, why are you here? You know, this doesn't make any sense. And Walter, uh, he goes to the desk and he's and he slams on the desk three times. And he's like, there's absolutely no one here. And of course, he hits it three times and you hear the knock. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when everyone reveals that Walter's there. The police officers like surround the desk. They're like about to like shoot it out before they even open. And the only reason they don't shoot out is the reporters are all there and they're like gonna write the story and so they're so terrified of a bad story being written about them it's the only reason they don't just murder just outright murder this guy yeah no yeah they're about to murder him and i think like yeah they flip it up mm-hmm. there he is they don't shoot him and they take him away mm-hmm. um but then after that of course there's uh, more conversation into i guess the future of him yeah. um what will happen to him and i think uh yeah, that's pretty funny too because the guy who sent the the governor guy who sent the reprieve, he shows up and he says like, "Hey," he says to you know Hildy and Walter, these guys try to bribe me, the sheriff and the mayor they try to bribe me and like this is the reprieve right here, and they're like, "Oh wow, he saved his third reprieve! Wow, we did it." Um, yeah, and they uh, so yeah they uh, they they save Walter because Walter almost got in trouble for kidnapping yeah and uh they also saved the guy from getting executed as well 
um, and they blackmail the sheriff and the mayor. Um, and then I think that's it in terms of like the case. And then everyone's gone. It's just like Walter and Hildy, they're in the room together. And uh, they have like, I think their last conversation. Yes, they have their final conversation, which is, um, you know, Walter's like, well, the case is over. You know, you, you did your part. I said, you could go to Albany. You can go ahead and go to Albany. And, um, and you know, she's kind of like, well, I, I, you know, she, she, she at this point, you know, loves Walter and she wants to be with him. And uh, she's kind of, you know, hurt by this. And then she gets a call. Yeah. And she answers the phone. And of course, Bruce once again has been arrested for, <laughs> because Walter has given this man uh, fake money. He's given him counterfeit. Yeah. <laughs> so, which leads to, honestly, the part of the film that I think is the weakest, um, which is uh, Heidi Hildy, uh, breaks down into tears well breaks down into tears i think she gives a really good performance through most of the film but i kind of feel like maybe they should have done another take for the crying scene because to me it felt a little fake i mean i, I know it's obviously fake but like it felt i don't know it felt a little like cheesy not that like there shouldn't be a crying scene or like she wouldn't have this moment because she's basically crying because uh she thought that Walter didn't love her anymore, but this is proof that, you know, they really do love each other and all that. But I, I think her, like, breakdown is, it's not the best. But, you know, it, it gets the point across. And then the film pretty much ends. That's basically how it ends. Yeah, I mean, she, yeah, she breaks down. She's like, oh, I thought that you, you were going to fight for me. Uh, and yeah, he's like, oh, we should get married and go on a, a honeymoon to... Uh, what? Niagara Falls to, to Niagara Falls but then like yeah they said like uh there's like a story going on in Albany, in Albany. <laughs> in Albany. just like literally leave the room I don't even know I guess they kiss and hug I mean you know it's not like uh it's not a very romantic ending to be honest no. <laughs> the, the movie is weird because it's like you think you're going into like kind of like a romantic thing but it really is like a movie about like the worst people in the world yeah. like like politicians and journalists that like suck yeah like everyone's like pretty deplorable it's really not that much different from like a I don't know honestly I like I like home I like I like it more but it's not that different from like a Coen Brothers movie you know where yeah something like um especially like uh like Burn After Reading or something like that where mm -hmm. everybody is like kind of like after their own bag um and everyone's like really dumb like everyone is really really stupid um and they're all you know running around um and getting in each other's way to the point where people like get hurt really bad uh, it's really not that different from like a movie like burn after reading or something like that mm -hmm. um so yeah it's not like a romantic kind of thing where it's super sweet it's really not a sweet movie at all it's pretty uh yeah it's pretty it's not like super dark but there's some dark moments i guess yeah. So out of 10, what would you rate this movie, Andrew? I would give it a seven out of 10. It's pretty good. When I think about like this movie and like the movie, like The Apartment, mm -hmm. which of course we watched recently, I just like The Apartment more. I just think like a movie like The Apartment is just so much better because it's like, it's not that different in terms of like 
the era it's trying to portray. Mm-hmm. But I find the apartment has is is about as funny, and it has way more emotional twists and turns that are more uh, hard hitting than uh, his girl Friday. Yeah, his girl Friday is just like you said. It's pretty you know stark. It's pretty simple. Very few locations. People are at these locations for long periods of time, um, and it is fast and like the jokes are great. But I just can't. It is and it is like like it's a very fun movie. Um, I just can't like say that I, I was in love with it. It's just like kind of just like not like right. entirely my cup of tea. Yeah, and I'd rather watch a movie like The Apartment, which not only is it I think a little bit better in terms of the writing, but I think visually too it's just a little bit more elevated too. Where It's Girl Friday, like we didn't talk about the visuals at all because there's you know like you said it's pretty it's pretty it's shot like a play it's shot like a TV sitcom you know so yeah. But it's good. It's like, it's, it's very fun. I'm going to give this movie a 10 out of 10. Not because I think it's a perfect film. Uh, I, I think in certain aspects, The Apartment is a better film. But the thing that I love about this movie is no matter how many times I watch it, I genuinely laugh out loud. I find this film to be just so funny and so clever. And I think Cary Grant's performance is just spectacular. And many of the performance in it are spectacular. And, you know, even though I don't think, as I said, it's a perfect film by any means. And I can think of plenty of films that are, uh, you know, better cinematic, you know, better technically, better visually, uh, better written. I think this is just a film that I will never not enjoy. It's just, I just love it. And that, that, that's all I have. <laughs> We're talking about like num- like the ratings that we give movies. Yeah. I think it's I think it's more I think it's true to the fact that like a ten doesn't have to be a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you give a movie a ten or five stars or whatever, I don't think it necessarily has to be a perfect movie. Right. You yeah. know, I think it can just be like a, a feeling. You know what I mean? So, which is really what you should, you know, if you're rating a movie, which you know, rating a movie is kind of you know, I like rating movies just because it gives me kind of like a, you know, uh, an idea of how much I enjoyed a movie, but that's really what it should be. It should almost be like a gut feeling rather than right. kind of like a, you know, like, oh, you know, da, 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 you know <laughs> like a calculation. It really just should be kind of like a feeling. Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 I see what you mean. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. You can find me, Austin Lugo, at AustinLugo12. You can find me on Twitter at ADHarp24. And you can find our podcast with nothing to say at with nothing to say on Instagram, uh, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.